There's a, a word floating around about moral injury. It's one of those components that can lead to burnout. It's reflecting uh, people in the trenches, the war zone, where you're being exposed to those awful things that leave that moral residue and that moral injury affects you. However, I like to keep using the word burnout because the fact that we didn't have enough nurses on shift, that were understaffed, I don't know if we can say that's a moral injury to myself necessarily, or the fact that my manager isn't super supportive. Those are all issues that lead to burnout. So that's why I keep using the word burnout. Welcome to the allnurses.com podcast. How did you get into this area? It found me. Oh. <laughs> I, oh my goodness. I, I, I went through my own burnout experience. It started about ooh, three, four years ago. It was my seventh year of nursing and I was in the right place at the right time. Ended up as a nurse manager for a 10 bed CVICU. And in that two years, I, I witnessed burnout in my staff, in the, the people around me. I went through it myself. Part of it had to do with the fact that we were launching our new ECMO program. We had a lot of new and different technologies and a lot of like really kind of distressing patient scenarios that were occurring. And it's sort of just a perfect burnout storm, to be honest. So got to the point where I was able to transition back to the bedside. I, I started travel nursing. And then I'm currently now working endoscopy, which is a fun change, but I, I was ready to do something besides ICU. And, and having gone through some experiences and then witnessing it in the staff, that's just, at that point I realized what prominent issue it is in nursing and how it's very stigmatized. We don't talk about it. ICU nurses need to be kind of, you know, the, the strong ones. You know, we don't like to show any signs of weakness and, and burnout right now is one of those things that it's still sort of seen that way. So I, I started talking about some of my experiences online, social media. Um, I, I started a website blog just to have an avenue to like put that information out there so that if there's other nurses who are going through some of the similar experiences I went through, they, they can know that they're, they're not alone. There's some information out there. They can find some tools, some resources, some tips, um, and all of that I put together and it's something called the burnout book which um, is named after a journal that I started my second year as a nurse. It's, it's a journal that I would track and keep all my, all my good important stories. So all of the patient compliments, all of the um, funny work stories, the thank you notes, everything would go in there. Anytime I was having a bad day, I would flip through that book and, and kind of just remember my why, remember what I, why I liked being a nurse and what the good parts were. And I mean, I've got note in there from a doctor thanking me for doing toenail hygiene on a stroke patient, just some random stuff. But, but it's just the little things, I think, that really add into that big picture of why we do what we do. So, so that my little burnout book, now it's, now it's an online website, and um, that's the, the topic that I love talking about. Because you survived it. Yeah, burnout survivor. Yes, you're a burnout survivor. <laughs> How do you know when it's more than just a bad day and when it is actual burnout? It's important to differentiate the two because any, any nurse, any, anyone, any human being is going to have bad days. You're absolutely right. As a nurse especially, it's important to have a skill set that you can develop to survive and to handle those bad days. And then the, the problem is though, when, when those bad days start building up and it leaves a term that we like to use called 
this residue, moral residue, that that just kind of coats you, you know, leaves leaves a film to the point that sooner or later it's more of a shell, and it's harder to to get through those those moments. So those bad days lead up to the point that when you are at the other end of the spectrum and you're thinking, am I burned out? You need to look at yourself and see, are you showing all those classic signs and symptoms? So that could be things like, are you physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted? There's, there's that component, which describes a lot of nurses. There's a piece about kind of that detachment from work that you start getting where, where once you love the job you're doing and it was great, now you're starting to dread it or maybe you're having just this disconnect and less engagement. There's even ways that it'll manifest physically, heightened anxiety, depression. Some people get really sick chronically just because of all the stress. And, and then again, stress is something that can happen on those bad days, but then chronically can lead to what we call burnout. So um, it's something that people need to be aware of. Watch for those early signs. And early recognition is the key, in my opinion, if you can be aware of it and see it in yourself or in your colleagues around you, you can take some interventions early on to try and counter it. What kind of interventions are we talking about? The very first one I tell anyone and, and what I tried to do myself was you need you need to talk to somebody. You need to tell someone. Don't don't just harbor that inside of you and let it just kind of grow in there. Realize what you're feeling and acknowledge it and have a trusted friend, mentor, coworker Coworker is a great one because if it's someone who's also a nurse, they definitely have felt what you felt, they've gone through it. It's all about, again, building that skill set and those coping mechanisms, and maybe they'll have some suggestions, they can validate it, or, or maybe give you perspective. So I have a husband who is not medical, and I can go home at the end of the day and you know, share with him my issues, and he provides that alternative perspective and lets me know you know, is that really something I need to just really focus and fixate on in my mind, or is it something I can let go? So that's really helpful for me. But yeah, talk to somebody is the first thing, first intervention. Beyond that, a lot of employees have employee assistance programs and you can get some more formal help, counseling. If you're at the point where your mental health is and wellness is being affected, I would strongly encourage something along that path. And then finding what those triggers are, doing a self-evaluation and figuring out what are the things that are leading and contributing to my burnout and finding what can you do personally to modify those triggers. This kind of leads into resiliency. Oh, absolutely. That, that is the alter, the, 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 the antidote. <laughs> do you find that some personality types, they're more resilient? Yes. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's some fascinating studies that have looked at personality types that uh, people who show more empathy versus compassion. When you have empathy, you're, you are taking on those emotions from other people. You are feeling what they feel. And as a nurse, while that is a good thing to care about the people around you, when you're taking on those emotions, that's when it can get dangerous. So these studies are showing these empathetic personalities are more prone to burnout, which completely makes sense. I kind of relate to that. Um, that was me, you know, because you are yes. so passionate that you get burned out because of you do take on yes. the feelings of other people. But the resiliency, that's the positive part. Yes, resiliency is, it can be learned. It can be a learned behavior. Do you talk about that in your book? Yes, like I said, it's the opposite end of the spectrum when you think about burnout. 
Um, that's where we want to be. In a burnout moment, if you're seeing those signs and symptoms, for me personally, what I learned and what I try and share with others is you want to be proactive. You want to first get out of that, that, that low point that you're in. Because when you're in that low space, the last thing you want to do is try and you know, change your, your, your habits or, or do some like drastic life changes. It's do that crisis management in the moment, talk to the people around you and, and make some changes, find the triggers. And then when you're at the place where you're ready to do that maintenance and then to become that resilient person, that's when it's, it's kind of more fun in my opinion. I'm at the point now where I'm a strong advocate for nurses who set very good boundaries when it comes to work and life. And, and making sure you take your breaks, making sure that you have a, a buddy at work, someone who can be around you to bounce ideas off of or to be that moral support. Make sure that if you need to take your days off, take them and don't feel guilty when you get that text message and they say, hey, we're short staffed tonight. You can say no. You just give yourself permission. Like that is something that a lot of nurses just need to hear. So all of that just leads up to, again, knowing what your triggers are, what you need to thrive as a nurse. These are all great tips and advice, and especially from someone who has been there. There's gonna be a healthy work environment out there for you. It's all about helping keep your spark as a nurse. <laughs>